Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Happy Friday, 7 minutes after 6 a.m. Glad you're with us today. I'm Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. We welcome you to the Friday edition as we get set for a nice three-day weekend or a much longer weekend if you're Chris Walton. That's true. I get a nine-day weekend. Jealous. A little jealous over here, not going to lie. Yeah, I started preparing for it yesterday. I took a look at the DVR and figured out what I hadn't watched yet. <laughs> okay, I can respect that. Mm-hmm. I would think that the DVR would be a little more full after a first big weekend at college football. Yeah, it's it's already at about 96%, yeah, we're gonna, it, it'll, it'll hit uh, peak. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, we're going to talk a little football today. Uh, Bob Beeler will join us around 830 as he's getting set to head on over to Corvallis where the Broncos will open the season tomorrow against the Beavers. A pretty even game. We hope. Well, I look at, I I do pay attention to what the the spread is in Vegas. Those guys aren't there making the spread for no reason, like they're not any good at this. First week is usually where they have their most problems, and they look at Oregon State and Boise State, and it's basically a pick they make it a three-point edge for Oregon State, mostly because they're playing in front of a home crowd. I was just saying, that, you know, I hope it'll be a close game. Thinking, I hope they don't, uh, you know, blow us out. But then again, I don't want it to be a close game. I want Boise State to blow out Oregon State. Yeah, yeah ideally, I mean, we we would all ideally like to see that. It would be a great way to start the season. We can't talk all about football today uh, as the President of the United States went on a national address last night. I don't even know the best way to put this. He he blasted Republicans last night. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that can be viewed as anything more than, or anything less, I should say, than... Familiar? Sp- I mean, you've been talking about trying to unite everyone, Mm -hmm. and you go out and blast Republicans like that. It's well, that's anything but asking for unity. Technically, not Republicans per se. Well, okay, we'll be more specific. Yeah, MAGA Republicans. He's talking specifically about Trump Republicans, Mm -hmm. and I'll play a couple of sound bites. Uh, from that, but I'm not. It it's hard to support a lot of what he had to say last night. Where some are calling it super patriotic, talking about the soul of the nation, and I I agree that there are there are things about MAGA Republicans that I don't I don't care for. But there are just as many things about Biden Democrats that I dislike as well. I'm very much a moderate Republican. I mean, I I definitely lean to the right. But I, I do see common ground between both parties where others see none. And uh, I have a really hard time looking at Biden's speech last night as anything 
less than splitting the nation even more than it already is. But it did seem familiar. Yeah, it did. It, it sounded just like what he would normally do in a, in a campaign rally. Well, I mean, he doesn't do a lot of campaign rallies, but you know, th- those he well, does, I suppose it would sound a little bit like that. I don't like the idea that he says, I'm addressing the nation on this issue, which you should not do for a campaign speech. Right. And that was a campaign speech. So surprise, folks. <laughs> Rick doesn't care for what Joe Biden had to say. I know that's shocking to some of you who think I'm a complete leftist. But it's it's true. I, I have a very difficult time defending what he had to say. Basically, the people who think you are a complete leftist uh, essentially are only looking at it from the point that uh, you are compared to them. Mm-hmm. Them, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think that some folks who are way, way, way to the right would say that, yeah, you're a leftist, Rick. But I really am. Those are the people who um, call, you know, they, they call a lot of the politicians rhinos because they say, well, they're to the right, but they're not far enough to the right. Mm hmm. Too much, mm-hmm. too much compromise that's unnecessary. Well, I, 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 I really wish I could try to play the other side and, and maybe defend some of the things he had to say. I'm just I'm finding it really, really difficult. But we'll play some of those sound bites for you. And, of course, we'll take your calls. If you heard it last night or if you're just reading about it this morning, um, yeah. There's something there's something there certainly for us to talk about. I'm going to circle back to football for just a moment because there's something else that we're going to uh, discuss a little bit today. Uh, it's a little bittersweet for us here at uh, KBOI. Our good friend Paul Jay was on Idaho Sports Talk yesterday with uh, Johnny and Prater talking about him being out of Bronco football for the first time since the 66-67 season? That is correct. That's he, hard. He, uh, to, that's a, that's a, he won't be doing the pregame show this year. That's or, right. Or even calling into the postgame show. So he's going uh, to watch only for the first time. And Of course, he'll probably... He, he tweets an awful lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, if you don't does. follow him on Twitter, find him and do. It's just... And this this is a this is a bitter one for me because I'm doing the pregame show now mm-hmm. and the postgame that Paul Jay would normally be calling in for the Paul Jay play of the game. You know that falls to me now, so mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit. It's I, maybe it's harder for me because Paul Jay meant so much to my career. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, me too a little. Yeah, you too a little for sure. How many years did you guys host a show together, Chris? Eighteen. Yeah. 17, 17 and a half, actually. We didn't, we didn't quite make 18. Gotcha. But in radio, that's an eternity. That is. It's a, that's, a, that's a good long run. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah. And, and when I joined the show, let's see, he had already been on it for uh, probably like 28 years. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were on it another 17 together. Oh, and then it's been about three years since then. I guess. That type of longevity is just so rarely seen in the media these days that... Mm-hmm. You can celebrate a career like that. And for folks that have grown up here in the area listening to Bronco football, Paul Jay was Bronco football. I like the way one person put it, you know, because he was on the radio all the time, you know, morning show, 
uh, five days a week for years and years and years and did the Boise State games and pregame, postgame, you know, all the play-by-play. Somebody said, to me, Paul Jay is what Boise sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. I think that's, you know, everybody would love to have a career like that. I know I certainly would. And I just, yeah, tip my cap to the guy. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. It is time for sports at 615. It is brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Fat Guys on Fridays rolls out the best clam chowder this side of anywhere. That's the word. Open at 1030 this morning. They're serving it all day long until it's gone. And it does. It does sell out. Find him in Meridian and in Boise. Call ahead and order in so you can take it away if you like. Because nobody wants to sit outside when it's 100 degrees. Believe me, I know. Fat Guys Fresh Deli brings you sports today, and we'll start with the Seattle Mariners. Rodriguez against Rodriguez. Breaking ball hammered. Deep left field. High, far, and way out of here. Oh, baby. Julio. Home run number 22, RBI number 66. Yeah, take your time running around the bases. Yeah, that's good stuff there. I mean, instantaneously, it was just a matter of how far it was going to go. That's nice. Goodness gracious. Yeah, Julio Rodriguez earning a little bit of that 400 and whatever million dollar contract that he got. Yeah, uh, considering he's a rookie, that's yeah, pretty good. It was a pretty good day for the Mariners over the Tigers. I forgot there. Here's a pitch swung under the left. That's going to take Badu back, back, back. Gone! Home run tied, France. Goodness. So sweet to watch that swing. He was a little bit out in front of it. But he's so doggone strong for Ty France. Home run number 17 is 67th RBI. And the Mariners' lead is now 3 nothing here in the third inning. And the Mariners would go on to win the game by a score of 7 nothing over the Tigers. Uh, Mariners. Mariners right now are two games ahead of the Blue Jays in the race for the wild card. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay and Seattle are both plus two. So those are your two wild cards as of right now with one month to go in the season, or less than a month now. If they don't make the playoffs this year, they still will have had a much better season than people expected. But, oh, yeah. I, but I think next uh, year, the management is going to have to... Uh, well, somebody's going to say to the management, I couldn't help noticing you have quite a bit of talent now. We kind of expect the playoffs. Yeah, and more than that, they're going to need to find an ace. I mean, they have some good young pitching. But I don't think you look at any of those guys and think, well, you know, that guy's going to be able to beat... You know, some of those great yeah. hitting teams that they're, are out they're, there. They're not Felix. Let's put yeah. it that way. No, 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 no. You haven't got a Verlander in there. Um, you haven't got a Wade Garrett in there, but you've got some good young pitching. But I think they're all number twos, which is a good thing to have. But you got to have a number one in there somewhere. You got to have an ace if you're going to take it deep into the postseason. So the Mariners still have a little work to do, but they are a playoff team right now. KBOI News Time, 618. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. As I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. 
That is the President of the United States. His name is Joe Biden, and he is declaring war on MAGA or MAGA Republicans. Is it MAGA or is it MAGA? MAGA, uh, MAGA? Does I, it matter? You is know, it tomato, I, tomato? Considering it's a, a word we only learned about probably about uh, the year 2015, mm-hmm. I, think, I think the pronunciation is maybe still up in the air. Okay. Um, President of the United States called for a national address last night. And sounded very much like he was on the campaign trail. I will not stand by and watch. I will not the will of the American people be overturned by wild conspiracy theories and baseless evidence-free claims of fraud. I will not stand by and watch elections in this country stolen by people who simply refuse to accept that they lost. Yeah. Well, he, he, he made some claims last night, for sure. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this. They're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies. Empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. Okay, well, that's just a start of what was on last night. Uh, yeah. Chris, how how do you... You heard a little bit of... I don't know, did you hear all the speech? Did you yeah. sit and listen to it last night? What mm-hmm. was your response to it? Uh, it was nothing he hadn't said before. He just said it all at one time mm-hmm. this time. Okay. Uh, he basically gave a very, very similar speech right after, uh, you know, Charlottesville that not, sure. that not nearly as many people saw, but, uh, it's, this is just kind of the way politics is now. Uh, you know, Trump never pulled any punches when he was talking about Democrats. And no, so, he certainly didn't. And so, uh, you know, Biden isn't pulling any punches when he talks about certain Republicans. And I, I think he was trying to single out Trump fans uh, as, you know, as different from the Republican Party, definitely different from the Democratic Party. So I don't know. I, I, you know, I, probably as far as uh, the whole unity thing goes, maybe it's not good or maybe it unifies everybody who's not a Trump fan. I don't know. I think when he talks about conspiracy theorists, he's talking about people who don't accept the results of the election. He's talking about QAnon. That's well, probably, in a nutshell, who, who he's, he's discussing. About, he's talking about people who read something in the news, and no matter what they read, they assume it's a lie. And so they figure, well, let's see. The news says there aren't any aliens. I guess there are aliens. Gotcha. Republicans did have a rebuttal yesterday. It was Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader from California, who stood up for Republicans and dished it right back. We'll talk a little more about that uh, as we get into the next half hour of this program. <sighs> this is not the way I wanted to start Labor Day weekend. I wanted to just talk about football. Let's talk about the foosball and, you know, going to be sunny and there's going to be a lot of rafters. And we, we never talk about foosball. No. Just saying. I didn't spend enough time in, in bus stations to ever get good at foosball. No. Pizza parlor. Foosball, another word for football, though. Oh, the, the football game. Uh, yeah, that that's all I wanted to talk about today. I really did. 
But we have to piece a little bit of this together, and we'll take your calls, of course, 208-336-3700. How do you respond to the president's speech last night? KBOI News Time is 627. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Six thirty-four now on News Talk KBOI. It is nice that you are with us today. We're not going to focus all our efforts on uh, what the President of the United States had to say last night. Uh, we will probably talk a little more about what's going on with uh, former President Trump and the ongoing problems with the Department of Justice, Mar-a-Lago. Um, that won't be the entire program. <laughs> As well, there are several newsworthy items that uh, we could be looking at across the country today. Um, United States hiring report says it's slowing, but it doesn't show whether the uh, U.S. Um, is looking at a hiring boom coming up or if we have more recession coming our direction. Policymakers and market watchers will be closely watching the August hiring data when it comes out a little later on today. In fact, it might be coming out right away. It usually comes out somewhere around 6.30, 7 o'clock local time. The report does come one week after Fed Chair Jerome Powell triggered a uh, stock sell-off and stoked recession fears when uh, he talked about vowing to fight inflation with interest rate hikes. Until the job is done. And you know what happened to the stock market over the last week. Hasn't been pretty. Dow futures up today though. I mean that's good news. Up 156 points of the futures today. The Fed instituted a series of aggressive borrowing cost increases in recent months. As it tries to slash near historic inflation by slowing the economy and choking off demand but the approach risks tipping the United States into an economic downturn, and that's really not what we want to see. So far this year, however, employment has been pretty high. Robust hiring numbers have defied expectations and quietly maybe quieted some of those fears of a major slowdown. But still, when we look at the stock market for so much of this week, which has been on a downturn, and we hear all this about inflation, as well as what they're trying to do to interest rates. And you think, man, can the mark, can the market correct itself? Maybe good questions for us to ask uh, our friends when we uh, take a look at the stock report here around uh, seven 30 this morning. Okay. So keep that in mind. What else going on today, Chris? Well, let's see. Um, instant message from John. Who says, wow, maybe I'm a MAGA since Sleepy Joe says so. It must be true. Definitely don't want to be associated with any of his vile spew. We all know how honest and truthful Joe Biden has always been. Not sad to see what happens when Not. someone isolates themselves so much that they have an altered state of reality. Not. That's funny. Was that go back to Wayne's world? Yeah. That's, that's a little older. I'm having fun. Not. Not. <laughs> okay point taken we'll Let's take a see. break we've got uh yeah we'll take a break here we'll be right back though we've got still sports on the way for you as well gonna hear from paul jay coming up in just a second 
KBOI News Time is 637. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 642 on News Talk KBOI. That looks like maybe there's a hurricane that's brewing. It's something that uh, you'll be hearing about in the national news well, scene today. It, yeah, we went through uh, August. It was the first August uh, in, I don't know how many years, but in a lot of years since they've been keeping track, that there were no named storms or hurricanes or anything like that. But we're not going to get through uh, September without. No, it appears that there is a storm that is brewing right now that will soon be deemed a hurricane. So we'll be hearing more about that today as well. And uh, there was an apparent assassination attempt that targeted Argentina's former president, who is now the vice president. Mm -hmm. There's cell phone footage that captures uh, all of this happening. Hmm. Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner greeting supporters outside her home in Buenos Aires uh, last night when a man entered from the crowd and pointed a handgun just inches from her face. Wow. Isn't that something? But he didn't pull the trigger? Uh, no, apparently not. Well, if they're I mean, lead- it was an attempted... If they're, yeah, if they're leading with pointed, then he yeah. must not have. Yeah, right. Let's hear this. Let me try this again here real quick. Fernandez de Kirchner has a complicated background. A former first lady, then president of the country. She's now in court facing allegations of corruption, something she denies. Okay, so maybe that has something to do with it. Oh, Argentina's vice president lucky to be alive after coming face to face with a loaded gun when the bullet inside the chamber apparently jammed. Police believe the man is from Brazil, but they're still trying to find a motive. <laughs> so he did pull the trigger. Oh, man. Just nothing came out. Well, that's a movie script right there. Mm-hmm. Guy pulls a gun, points it at her face, pulls the trigger, and, and the gun jams. Well, should have been using Smith & Wesson. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was morbid, and I didn't mean that in a derogatory way. I was just making comment that maybe an American-made weapon would have been a smarter choice there. Yeah. Got uh Let's see a couple. Sorry, inst- that sounded really couple, bad. I didn't mean it that way. A couple instant messages. It, it was a little funny, but I didn't mean it that way. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, Scott of Boise says someone on CNN last night said Biden has made a lot more enemies tonight. I don't think so. Pretty sure no MAGA Republicans liked Biden before that speech. They said also he's alienated the whole Fox News viewership. Again, chances are if you are a regular Fox News viewer, you weren't on the Biden team. I looked it up. Do you know how many people watch Fox News every evening? Two million. That's two million out of 330 million Americans. He can probably afford that much alienation. I would say, ideally, you probably don't want to alienate you know, I, anybody. I, I think the, the bigger overall point is there's a lot of reasons to jump off the Trump bandwagon and get on board with DeSantis, which I think is the smart thing for Republicans as a whole, to do right away. Trump star is going down. DeSantis star is rising. And it there are a lot of reasons to like DeSantis. Policy-wise, I think he's very solid. He's younger. Also good news for Republicans, because believe me, there's new blood that's needed to be in there for a while. 
Um, yeah, the only people older than Republicans right now are Democrats. <laughs> Meaning to say the major candidates, right? I mean, it's not like Biden is very young and neither is Trump. <laughs> some younger guys, women, yeah, some, some, they have, some uh, new folks, new names. As they would say in England, they have passed their diamond jubilee. Yeah. So I don't think Biden is making it any easier right now to single out MAGA Republicans. But I think at some point, you know, going to have to look at this very seriously now. Does Donald Trump have an opportunity to win another election? I'm not sure he does. I think DeSantis does, though. KBOI News Time is 646. Let's take a look at sports here. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Uh, it's clam chowder day. Chowder day. Uh, it's the best clam chowder you'll have. That's the word. Stop by and see him. Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and in Boise. Get to the chowder. Get to the chowder. <laughs> Good tie-in. Paul J. Schneider, for the first time since the 66-67 season, will not be involved with Bronco football. Paul J. was on Idaho Sports Talk yesterday and made it official that for the first time in a very, very long time, he will not be a part of pregame or postgame in Bronco football. Here's a little bit of what he had to say yesterday. 66 actually was the last year that I did not uh, have anything to do with Boise State on the airwaves, either television or radio. I got to Boise in 1967 and um, jumped. I got here in uh, August and jumped right into football back in the day, back in the Lyle Smith day and uh, Division Two. Went all the way through Division Two to Division One, to winning a major bowl game without ever leaving my house. Paul J., <laughs> such a big part of Bronco football over all those years. The people that have grown up and now have kids of their own or grandkids here in the area have heard Paul J. for so long as a part of Bronco football that it's just going to be weird to not have him there again. Yeah. And as one of the guys that's being asked to step in and do Bronco game day and the tailgate show, and the post-game play of the game and all. Paul Jay was a part of all that. I, uh, you know, I partnered with him, obviously, for 17 years. But the funny thing is, uh, the first ball game that he was involved in at Boise State University, I didn't happen to uh, tune in that night because I was too busy celebrating my second birthday. <laughs> well, it gives you an idea of the history that we have here with Paul Jay. But we wish you all the best, Paul Jay, in your retirement and... We're going to do our best to fill those shoes. Too big, but we'll do our best. KBOI News Time is 649. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707 on News Talk KBOI. I will not stand by and watch. I will not. The will of the American people be overturned by wild conspiracy theories and baseless evidence-free claims of fraud. I will not stand by and watch elections in this country stolen by people who simply refuse to accept that they lost. And that was the words of President Joe Biden last night in what many people are calling a very partisan 
campaign-sounding speech as opposed to something you might hear in a national address to talk about an emergency of some kind or some type of tragedy that's befallen the country, which is, you know, typically what a presidential address is for. When the president says, I got to talk to the nation about something that's super, super important, so important that I want every station that offers primetime television coverage, you're all going to be on the White House lawn tomorrow. And usually, you get something of substance. Maybe not the case last night, because it sounded so partisan. But we're taking your calls on it this morning at 208-336-3700, and Steve has been patiently waiting. So, Steve, thank you very much for joining us on KBOI this morning. Hi, how Hi, are Steve. you guys? Good, thanks. What's on your mind today? Yeah. Oh, I, I wish you wouldn't have played that before I talked. Just so blood boiling. Uh, but uh, I just wanted to talk about, you know, how divisive uh, this president is and how he promised on uniting everybody. And I don't know exactly what MAGA is, but super frustrating to try to point somebody in in a certain realm or whatever you want to call it and then i think we need to put our focus on the real problems like gas inflation economy schools the border and you know realize that the devil the devil is here you know love the neighbor um and vote the devil's out i mean all you have to do is look at exactly what his backdrop was yesterday it almost looked like hitler was up there i mean it even looked like he had a stash under his nose it's just oh man well, was, i hate it when people was, make comparisons to hitler that was I, where he was standing in front of the place where the desert the uh, declaration of independence was signed steve i i completely understand where you're coming from i'd reel you back in a little bit on the hitler stuff though a little bit yeah i i i, I understand where you're coming from it's just it's just awful to see stuff like that, and I, I don't like using that either, but okay. really, honestly, that's that's really what it felt like. I don't know. What what did you feel like? I mean, I, let's hear your guys' opinion. What, okay. What, what did it make you feel like? I appreciate that, Steve. Thank you very much for the call, by the way. We can go there. I don't, I don't have any problem. I'll tell you first and foremost that Dad was at a volleyball game last night when the speech was being played live, so I did not watch the speech in its entirety. I've been catching the clips all morning, and uh, as the newest volleyball coach of third-grade girls, I can tell you I know a lot more about what happened in the speech than I do about actually coaching volleyball, but uh, that being neither here nor there. My biggest problem with what I heard yesterday is not what he said so much, it's in the setting that he put it. I don't like that you roll that out in Philadelphia the way you did, calling for a national address the way he did, when it was clearly partisan and had everything to do with trying to be reelected. It was not an emergency. It was not on something that we had to do something about right then or to calm people in the United States, something that was, you know, 
when when we have a hurricane that hit New Orleans, that's when you get a presidential address so we could talk about addressing that big issue and how we're going to cope with it. The Cuban Missile Crisis was a really good reason to have a presidential address. Having Joe Biden come in and just slam Republicans is not a reason for a presidential address. And that's my biggest problem with it. If you said all those things in a campaign speech in front of people who you are campaigning to in Philadelphia, great. Not a presidential address. That's my biggest problem. Your turn. Oh, well, I was going to read an instant message. Go for it. You can do that too. Brandon. Brandon says, uh, good morning. I'll preface this email by saying that I think it's time for Trump to move. So now for my thoughts. His handlers failed at trying to channel the dark Brandon meme aesthetic. The dark set with red lighting ended up with a more satanic authoritarian vibe. Uh, His speech ignored a lot of recent history where the Trump and George W. Bush wins were viewed stolen and illegitimate by significant people within the Democratic Party. His speech ignored how nasty and negative many Democrats behaved towards the Republicans. Remember the riots and destruction in D.C. when Trump was inaugurated. But to be fair, that was mostly just women. The uh, term political violence was a lame attempt to legitimize the Democrat support violence of the summer 2020 riots across the country. Protests and violence from their supporters is viewed as social and justified. There was little attempt to even understand the worries, grievances, priorities, etc. of the over 70 million people who voted for Trump in the last election. Using the Marines in the backdrop was a bad look. Overall, the speech was divisive and uh, provided a uh, bit of raw meat for his base to devour. It's also going to be like Hillary's basket of deplorables comment, and it's going to fire up the conservatives more, and will give them something to rally around and vote against. All of that could be very true. I don't see anything that I would disagree with uh, in its entirety. Yeah, I think it is going to fire up Republicans even more. And I I do find it... All right, it, uh, how, do, how do we frame this? If you look at the folks that are on the far, far, far right. The guys that are militia members that are like going to camps on the weekend and learning how to fire their rifles so that they can revolt against the United States, that's as far to the right as you can get, correct? I'm not sure what the record is. Okay. I'm saying that sounds like as far to the right as you can get if you're talking about revolting against the current administration gearing up for war. That's too far. All right. On the other hand, if you go as far, far, far as you can to the left, you're finding some freaky deekies over there, too. There are some folks that are every bit as crazy. And recognizing one and not the other is wrong. You, If you're the president of the United States and you're okay with some of the things Antifa has done, you're not looking at the whole problem. Yeah, I think he didn't look at that as an address last night to sure. solve every problem, just one. Right. Well, conservatives that are on the far, far right are not the only problem. If it is a problem, again, you have he, to only, look at, he, he only addressed one problem. Right, that's what I'm saying. You, 
you got to look at the whole thing. If you if you're talking about people that are, you know, I think you get what I'm saying. Uh, it's time for sports. Seven sixteen on KBOI. <sighs> Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Stop by Fat Guys. Open at ten thirty this morning, Boise and Meridian locations, and it's Clam Chowder Day. Best clam chowder you're ever going to have. Fat Guys Fresh Deli bringing it to you today. All right. First and foremost, there were some other Mountain West games that were played last night. Of course, we're gearing up for the first Bronco game of the season. We'll have more on that in a minute. But Cal Poly was at Fresno State last night, and Fresno State laid it on them, 35-7. San Jose State was at home last night, taking on Portland State, a much closer game. San Jose State did win over Portland State, 21-17. Looking more at Bronco football now, well, Hank Bachmeyer, when he drops back to pass, he's going to have a lot of receivers to choose from this season. The Broncos completed 62% of their passes for an average of 261 yards a game last season. Picking up the slack at receiver for Khalil Shakir is going to be huge this season. Last night on the Coach's Show, Andy Avalo says he's pleased with the way the passing game is shaping up. You know, it obviously always starts with the protection. I mean, you got to be able to protect the quarterback. We feel we have improved there. I really love uh, the rhythm that our quarterback and our wide receiver group and the tight ends are in right now. I mean, they've done a phenomenal job. Steph Cobbs is the leading returning receiver with 34 catches for 421 yards last season. Our coverage from Corvallis will begin at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. Kickoff slated for 8.30. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Time is 7.17. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Time for that Morning Market Report, 723. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper, along with Chris Walton. And Nick Daniels joins us on the line this morning from Tree City Advisors. Morning, Nick. Good morning, guys. Things are looking up. Non-farm payroll report today. Yeah. Tell me about that. What is it? Well, it's pretty much what it sounds like. It's uh, how many jobs were added in areas that are not including farm work, right? So they were they came in at 315,000 jobs were added to payroll in the month of August, which is basically right on with what analysts were estimating. So that's good news. It's got futures up right now basically what that's telling us is hey although it's not as high as in the month of july we usually do expect a little bit of a lull here in the month of august um as just people are going back to school and things like that it's like kind of the end of the travel season right so we expected there to be fewer jobs added but we hit the mark so that's good now the question is how will that affect the Fed's decision on raising rates here in September? Because the two things that the Fed is really working on, right, is making sure that unemployment stays very, very low, which we're still basically at all-time lows, and then addressing inflation. And so, so that's where there's some optimism in the markets. We see futures are up on all three major indexes, but... I expect some choppiness throughout the day just because people are going to be saying, you know, what will they, what won't they do? Are we going to get a 75 basis point hike this month? Are we going to get a 50 basis point hike? What's interesting, even wages are, are keeping pace with where they were estimating it came in. Wages year over year came in at 5.2% higher versus an estimated 5.5% higher. So that's good. But then here's like the conundrum, right? With 
job openings outnumbering applicants two to one, it is creating pressure on wages, meaning right? people are, are offering a higher wage to attract those people uh, to work for them. But what does that do? Then that feeds into inflation because if you're making more, you're able to spend more. Ideally, you're able to do more than just keep pace with the increase in goods and services. But it's it's kind of this cyclical thing, almost like the butterfly effect. You know, if a butterfly flaps its wings over in China, is it going to cause a hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico? Maybe, maybe not. But that's <laughs> kind of what's happening, you know, with, with all of these news. So it, it's good news. Quit with the conspiracy theories, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, you're already like on a roll this morning. I, I was listening earlier. You're, you're pumped up this Friday morning. Well... It's the coffee, okay? <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know what? I just cho- I, I chose to take control of my evening last night, and I watched college football, and Atta I went to bed boy. a very happy man. That's what Walton did, too, uh-huh. all night. Thank you very much, Nick. We'll talk to you in about an hour, okay? Sounds good. All right, take care. I did watch the presidential speech, though, because I have more than one screen. You do? We have a, I have a TV and an iPad. Okay. Okay. Good for you. All right. Again, I really would like to have watched the speech live, so there's some nuance that I didn't pick up. I apologize. Again, I was coaching an eight-year-old's volleyball team, and those girls were pretty excited to be playing ball last night. That's all I'm saying. It, is the net the same uh, height? As, oh, yeah. It, wow. Yeah, everything. The, the court's a little smaller. Mm-hmm. And so are the kids that are playing. Well, yeah. Um, but it was fun last night. I enjoyed the heck out of that. Right. Um, but nevertheless, I'm trying to tell you, I did not see the speech last night. I'm just picking up the bits and pieces and responding in much the same way I think you guys are this morning. In fact, we we do have one caller on the line that we'll get to right after news. You want to call and talk about it as well? 208-336-3700 is the number you call. KBY News Time is 727. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Overnight, President Biden outlining a stark choice. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Biden warning their election denials are a threat to the nation. Democracy cannot survive. When one side believes there are only two outcomes to an election, either they win or they were cheated. The president eager to make the upcoming midterm elections a referendum on his predecessor, calling out Donald Trump by name and referencing MAGA Republicans more than a dozen times. And MAGA Republicans today, not very happy. (laughs) 742 on News Talk KBOI. Thanks for waiting. Clinton, good morning. Thanks for calling KBOI. Good morning. Good morning. This is Clinton. Yeah. Um, well, I talked to your call screener, and he asked me what I wanted to talk about, and what I wanted to ask was, what does what does MAGA mean? And I want to preface that question with uh, a conversation I had with my then fiance, and she's now my wife, but she's also a Democrat. And we got to talking about MAGA, or make America great is how I put it, because that's what it means. Mm -hmm. And she says, well, what make America great means to the people that say that is that we need to turn, we would need to go back in time and go back to things like slavery. And I was so dumbfounded. I just was speechless, but I 
did manage to utter out that I am a person that relies very heavily on the dictionary. And I asked her, I says, so how am I supposed to say make America great again? What words am I supposed to use if the words that I used say what you think they said? And I, I don't recall what she said. But uh, that was just ludicrous to, to hear and absolutely incorrect. Um, so I'd like the conversation for the uh, for this morning to to ask people that believe that MAGA believe MAGA means that to ask them. Well, why do you believe that? What do, what does make America great mean if it doesn't mean make America great? Well, it's make America great again, and I think the again part is yeah, again. It's important to some people because it indicates that well, we used to be great. We want to be great again, and they would like to specify now. What do you mean? When were we great exactly? Well, yeah, but that we've we've learned a lot in this country. One of which is slavery is wrong. I don't think slavery is what number, people think. Though. I don't think slavery is what people are talking about. I mean, that might be your wife's opinion. I don't think we're talking about slavery. I don't think we're talking about make America great again to a time where slavery was okay. I think we're talking about a time when maybe people were more plugged into what the church had to say, or maybe a little more plugged into, um, I don't know. I, I think what we're, what we're really saying is we want to go back in time, wipe out all the progress that we've made in a number of different areas where maybe Democrats will be a little more pleased than Republicans would be. Is that fair? Well, make America great again. It was great at one point. Yeah, I'm with you. By the way, Clint, we're up against it. I I really appreciate your call today. We have to go to sports at 745. I'm sorry, 746. Sports is brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Fat Guys, it is uh, in Boise and Meridian. And today is Clam Chowder Day. Stop by Fat Guys. They're open at 1030 this morning. They'll be open until 6 o'clock tonight. Stop by and see them. Said, hey. Heard about you guys on KBOI today. They said that your clam chowder is the best. But if you wait too long to do it, you won't get an opportunity because they sell out. Like Boise State, Oregon State also has a returning starter at quarterback. And as we hear, defending him is going to be key for the Beavers tonight. Beavers quarterback Chance Nolan is mobile. In addition to completing 64% of his passes, he rushed for nearly 300 yards last season. Bronco defensive captain Scott Matlock talked about the keys of slowing him down. We have to do a good job containing him, making sure he stays in the in the pocket and can't get out, make plays with his arm or feet. Um, so we got to kind of put him in a cage and try and eliminate those throwing lanes and those escape lanes as well. Matlock led the Broncos in tackles for loss and sacks last season. Kickoff for Boise State and Oregon State is at 8.30, and our coverage will begin at 3.30 tomorrow. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Thank you, Bob. By the way, I said tonight. I meant tomorrow. Excuse me. KBOI News Time is 747. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The man who may become the next House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, delivering a blistering review of President Biden's time in office. Joe Biden has launched an assault on the soul of America, on its people, 
on its laws. President Biden and Democrats feel it's Republicans who are threatening democracy and rights on everything from abortion to voting to same-sex marriage. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. I mean, it, there's a lot of, I know you are, but what am I in mm-hmm. there, right? Right. Republicans and Democrats back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Whew, man. Thought there was a lot of back and forth in the U.S. Open. Take a look at what Republicans and Democrats are doing right now. <laughs> Holy cats. Nothing new, though. 754 on News Talk KBOI. Glad that you're hanging out with us. Uh, this isn't exactly how I wanted to spend my Friday, uh, talking about Democrats who bashed on Republicans last night, Republicans who back at you, bash on Democrats last night and the rest of us who are neither on the far right or far left going what wait a minute what what are you doing it's kind of how it feels i don't like it when kevin mccarthy speaks for me because kevin mccarthy in my favorite even as a right-leaning moderate Republican, Kevin McCarthy is my favorite. Nevertheless, speaking, because he is the speaker, he's the leader of the minority, by the way. Um, Yeah. You want to talk about it? We'll be happy to take your call today. 208-336-3700. 1-800-529-KBOI or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless today. Uh, and there, you know, there are some other things that I would like to talk about, including some video footage that I saw this morning sitting here in the studio with the boys and uh, said, oh, my gosh, that is the craziest thing I've seen. An assassination attempt. Last night or yesterday, the vice president of it's Argentina, right? Mm hmm. Argentina. The the video shows the gun like inches from her face. And whoever was attempting the assassination pulled the trigger and the gun jammed. And it was literally not even a foot away from her face. That had to have freaked her out. And it would have freaked me out. But if you haven't seen the footage of that, you don't want to take a look at that. That's something we're going to talk about bronco football today a little bit in fact bob beeler will be joining us at 8 30 uh talking to us over the phone he's getting ready to head to corvallis where they will be playing the game tomorrow night 8 30 p.m reaser stadium reaser stadium again named after potato that's right yeah that's right um so you know there there are lots of things besides politics that we can talk about um but if you do want to talk about Republicans, Democrats, all that. We can do that today on News Talk KBOI. Short break here. We'll come right back. We'll get you your damn near impossible question laid out for you as well. KBOI News Time is 7.56. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Two minutes until 8 o'clock. Stand by for news at the top of the hour. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. 
Uh, we will have your damn near impossible question for you in the next hour of the program and a chance to win a little something-something as well. What do we got? We have got uh, a $50 gift certificate, and uh, it is uh, good at any of the three brunchette restaurants. Good, good. There are um, two in Boise and uh, one in McCall, the brunchette on the lake. Nice. Uh, it's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, opening doors to the world. For all your real estate needs, call 208 888 The question, who was the first U.S. president to set foot north of the Arctic Circle during his term? And here's uh, a clue. It was not George Washington. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was George Washington. But so far, all the ones after him are eligible. <laughs> All right, so we'll have a chance for you to win coming up. We have been talking about what the president had to say last night, what the minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, had to say as well. And if you want to weigh in on those things, you can call us now at 208-336-3700. A couple of you that are on the on hold right now, we're going to get to you when we come back. Right now, though, it's time for news at 8 o'clock. Download the 670KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, it's 8.07. Thanks for hanging with us on KBOI. Uh, We are definitely talking a little bit about some of the things Joe Biden had to say, including this. They're working right now as I speak in state after state to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. An awful lot said by Joe Biden yesterday, and uh, we're giving you an opportunity to talk about it today as well. The number to call, 208-336-3700. And let's see, who has been waiting the longest? Sabrina, I believe. Sabrina, thanks for calling us this morning on KBOI. Good morning. Good morning. So, did you guys watch this? I uh, I I did see most of the clips. I didn't watch the the deal in its entirety last night, but yes. Okay. Yes, we've seen Neither some. Neither did I. But oh, so <clears throat> it is a total satanic set. What is going on with that? I'm sorry. Say again. What was going on with the satanism in that? where he was at oh because of the 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 background yeah it was it was pretty like wow this is the president of the united states are you kidding me what was the what was the satanic part did you watch it did you see it yeah i did you did not think it was satanic no it was black and it was black and red okay Your show here is really turning into a clown show because your eyes are so closed. Uh. I I don't know how you guys are going to be able to open your eyes to this war we're in, but I suggest you guys look up The Great Awakening. Have you heard of that? Yeah. What does that mean to you? Not much. So how much have you looked into it? Not very much. Not that many people subscribe to it. Well, let me ask you, Sabrina, how much do you know about Satanism? Quite a bit. The veil has been lifted for me. 
So absolutely, in the last two years, a lot has been shown to the awakened people. So thanks for calling, Sabrina. We appreciate your time today. Paul, you're up next on 670 KBOI and 93.1 FM KBOI. How are you, Paul? Morning. Pretty good. Good. Yeah, it was, it was disturbing to watch that last night, and I knew it would be before I turned on the TV. But it's very partisan. Well, beyond that, you know, it, 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 there was so much that's going on in that administration that smacks about something that bothered me that I read a lot of books about when I was in my early teens and late teens. And, and that that's the... The Nazi Party, how they came to power before. Man, that's the second time today in this show that we've had somebody look at that speech last night and compare it to either Hitler or Nazism. No. And I just, I've got, you got to backtrack a little bit on that. I hate the analogy more than anything. So re- reel it in just a little bit for me. Six million people perished by it. And I wanted to make a disclaimer. And I'm sorry if I offend somebody for that because the relatives may have perished in that. But, you know, what is the end game on all this hate that he's dispersing all over this whole country? Now, what see, is the end game? we, we can discuss at? that. Absolutely. We can absolutely discuss that. But you know, we're not going to compare it to Nazism. We're not going to do that. But I, I, I get where you're coming from and saying, hey, if you're... If you're calling out Republicans this way, that's not bringing the country together. He leaves us no choice. He's the one that's got the, the microphone and he's got all the power. He's got the, the House, he's got the Senate, now he's got the the, the bully pulpit. pulpit. Where, where do we go? Thanks for calling today, Paul. We appreciate it. Always welcome to call 208-336-3700. But I'm not going to roll down that road of comparison, the making the comparison, excuse me, to Nazism. Okay. Not the same. Instant message here from Scott of Boise. Uh, It's a little long, but I'll get to it here. On Fox and Friends this morning, they said Biden's speech was divisive and demeaning, and Trump certainly never was like that. If I may quote from Donald Trump... Democrats are a crooked and vicious foe. Democrats want to shut your churches down permanently. Democrats only want bailout money for blue states that are doing badly. Democrats don't care about the people and never did. Democrats are heartless. They don't want to give stimulus payments to people who desperately need them. Democrats are horrendous people. They will say anything to get elected. Democrats are stupid and will destroy our country as we know it. Democrats must pay a big price for what they have done to our country. Democrats are the enemy of the people. Democrats have gone absolutely crazy. Democrats are the party of high taxes, high crime, open borders, late-term abortion, socialism, blatant corruption, and the total destruction of your Second Amendment. Democrats are scamming America. Democrats are angry and deranged. Democrats all break the law in so many ways. Democrats have a death wish for America. Democrats are totally lost and they're clowns. Democrats use filthy language. Democrats have no morals. Democrats are morally reprehensible. Democrats have never won an election fairly in this country. Democrats just want a do-over of their administration. Democrats are bad for our country. Democrats are a sad joke. Democrats are crazed lunatics. Of course, Trump also said anyone who is being investigated by the FBI isn't fit to be president. Clearly, MAGA Republicans are the real snowflakes. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy 
are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. I will not stand by and watch. I will not the will of the American people be overturned by wild conspiracy theories and baseless evidence-free claims of fraud. I will not stand by and watch elections in this country stolen by people who simply refuse to accept that they lost. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. So much back and forth. Yeah, it was good Lord. Uh, his uh, his no, I guess I guess those are direct quotes from uh, Trump somewhere. But uh, anyway, yeah, it sounded a lot like the speech last night. Sure too, so. A lot of partisanship. Why would you do that in a national our, address? Our Not side, every, everything our side does is right. Everything your side does is wrong. Yeah. Uh, you people are obviously evil while we're just normal. KBY News Time is 8.14. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, at 8.22, let's get our damn near impossible question taken care of today. Once again, Chris, tell them what they're playing for and what the question is. You are playing for... A $50 gift certificate, good, at any of the brunchette restaurants. Uh, question is, who was the first U.S. president to set foot north of the Arctic Circle during his term? And my, my uh, hint was it was not George Washington. All right. He was just the first U.S. president. Fair enough. Let's jump to the phone here and see if we can get an answer. Dave, you're first. Thanks for calling us this morning on News Talk KBOI. How we doing, Dave? I'm doing great. Good. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. And we got football going on tonight. We got football going on tomorrow. We got more football going on on Sunday and Monday. It's an awesome weekend. Good. I even got to fantasy football drafts that I've got to do this weekend. My gosh, I can't wait. All right. Enough about this weekend. Do you have an answer for today's question, Dave? Uh, It'd be a Barack Obama. That is correct. Correct. Check out the big brain on Dave today. (laughs) The very first U.S. president to set foot north of the Arctic Circle during his term was our 44th president. Nobody did it before that. It was Barack Obama seven years ago today, September 2nd, 2015, in the metropolis of uh, Kotzebue, Alaska. All I'm saying is, why would you want to go up there above, you know, because it's there. I don't know. It's cold up there. Maybe it was what looking, I'm saying. Might have been looking for Santa's workshop. <laughs> I don't know, man. Dave, congratulations. I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to get some info, and uh, congratulations. Hope you enjoy your weekend, man. Thank you. All right, take care. Thank you. All right, hang on a sec. Uh, for the rest of you guys, you didn't get today's damn near impossible question. That's all right. We'll have another opportunity for you to win uh, coming up on, not Monday, but Tuesday morning, because we're not here on Labor Day. Also, keep in mind... Something you'll want to pay attention to for Saturday night. After Bronco football is done, we'll, of course, have our post-game. Johnny and Prater will be here doing that, and you'll get to hear what the play of the game was. And if you can tell us on Tuesday morning what the play of the game was, you'll have an opportunity to win there as well. Plenty of opportunities coming up Tuesday morning for you. Now you know. KBOI News Time. It's 824.
670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 836 on News Talk KBOI. We have been heavy into politics today, and we certainly will get back to that. But I'm very happy to say that we don't have to just talk about politics. We can also talk about football. It's a big weekend for us here on News Talk KBOI as the Broncos head up to Corvallis. And right, Reeser, or is it Reeser Stadium? Reeser. Yeah, taking on Oregon State tomorrow night right here on KBOI. And Bob Beeler joins us now so we can talk a little football. How you doing, Bob? Thanks, man. I, I'm doing great. I mean, I, I got to watch a couple of really good football games last night. I uh, got myself into a you know real good field. This football is back. And looking forward to the game tomorrow night over at, I think it's Reese's Stadium. Which games were you locked into last night? Well, I was uh, watching both the Pitt, uh, P- uh, West Virginia game, and the Penn State-Purdue game. Okay, gotcha. I know that there was a couple of Mountain West games on last night, or Mountain West teams that were playing last night. Yeah. So I, you know, these were the earlier games, and they both went down in the final seconds. Uh, uh, West Virginia just shows you when you're in the business a long time, you get to know a lot of people. The West Virginia coach they lost, mm-hmm. but uh, was one of our our players when I was at UMass, so I know him pretty well. So gotcha. kind of hoping West Virginia. Well, that's kind of cool. Man. All right, well, let's get into it. Uh, the Broncos will take on the Beavers tomorrow at Oregon mm-hmm. State in Corvallis. This is uh, looks to be a very close game. You, I know, have looked at both teams particularly hard this week. What do you see coming up when we watch Oregon State and Boise State tomorrow? Well, I think the biggest thing for Boise State's defense is I think they're going to need to stop the run. Uh, Oregon State's offensive line is probably the best part of their offense. They're big. They're experienced. They'll run a number of running backs. You know, unlike Boise State, where you know George Helani is is the feature back, they're going to run three or four guys in. I think they're searching for a feature back, and they have a quarterback that will run a little bit himself. He's pretty mobile. So I think controlling the line of scrimmage for Boise State's defense and and not allowing them to run and maybe forcing. Chance Nolan, the quarterback for the Beavers, to throw will be key. So I think that's what I want to see out of the uh, out of the defensive side. And I think if they do that, I think they're going to win. Offensive side, you know, again, I think it goes back to controlling the line of scrimmage and running. I think the biggest thing Boise State needs to do is when they have opportunities in the red zone, they need to score. Last year they scored 92% of the time they were in the red zone, but uh, only 55% of it was – touchdown so I, I think that if if you can run it a little bit better and you can take advantage of your opportunities and you know and, and i know rick you're a baseball guy it's like leaving runners in scoring position right to take field goals instead of getting touchdowns i mean that's a difference of four points and if that happens a couple times like it did last year you know you're in a little bit of trouble so i think stopping the run and and doing a more productive job uh, inside the red zone are going to be the key things for the game tomorrow night were the were the running game and uh, and the play in in the red zone were those the the weakest parts of the Boise State game last year? Yeah, they did not run it. It was one of the lower totals, three point one a carry, one hundred and twenty average for the season. Now the last five games they averaged one seventy one, and and not coincidentally, uh, you know, the last part of the season was when George Bonney played. And, you know, so I, I think that makes a big difference. That you know, if you have a, a really really good running back. 
And I do think the line's going to be better this year. But I, I think when you look from last year to this year, that was probably the area that if you said, you know, you could show up one thing, I think that's what you would pick. Last season, Broncos lost a close one in their season opener, a game that a lot of people felt like Boise State had a chance to win at UCF. There was a close game against Oklahoma State at home that a lot of people felt like Boise State could have and maybe should have won. You could say the same thing about the Nevada loss. Um, Just this season, it looks like the Coach Avalos-led squad looked like they had a much better camp and are maybe, I think you could say, ready to go in game one. I don't know. There just seems to, I don't want to say they weren't ready to go because I, mean, I don't they, they started yeah. out. They started ahead at, at UCF, but I do think there's a confidence, a greater confidence coming out of this camp than I felt last year. Mm-hmm. There, there's no question. There's a vibe. I think everybody, you know, from the coaching staff on down to the players, I, I do think that there is a vibe this year that that maybe wasn't there last year. So I, I would, I would, I would agree with that in that sense. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, when you watch a game and especially games that are close, you know, there's a couple of big plays. There's usually four or five big plays that, you know, kind of determine how how a game's going to turn, you know, whether it's a turnover or whether it's, you know, you, you, you don't get points when you get inside the 20-yard line or, or something. I mean, as you mentioned, this game should be close. I mean, we've got two good teams going against each other. It's not like you've got – you know, one team that's really good and the other team that's maybe an FCS school and they're favored by 30. Uh, this this is going to be a game you're going to have to work for. Boise State and Oregon State have played nine times over the years. The Beavers have won five. The Broncos have won four. Last time they played was in Corvallis, and uh, Boise State got a big day out of Jeremy McNichols. He had over 200 yards rushing mm-hmm. that day. So, um, you know, sometimes you need pretty good, pretty good effort by a couple of people, too. We might see that. Every year there are... Uh changes to the rules usually fairly slight once in a while there are are some that change the game a bit is there anything in this year's uh, ncaa rule changes that's going to make a big difference uh the one difference is it's a little bit different in targeting if if you get somebody that's out for targeting in the second half the thing can be appealed now not to say that you know they look at it they review it i don't know what chance it would be but there's a chance that if you get a targeting call in the second half of the game that you won't have to sit out the first half of the next game. And then there's a, a rule where they've basically eliminated blocking below the waist, period. There's very few places I think you can do that. So After you leave the line, you like mean? Like chop yeah. block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty subtle this year. There's not, you know, like a couple of years ago, they brought it in where if you called for a fair catch on the kickoff, you know, inside the 25-yard line, you got the ball at the 25-yard line. So that was something that was a little more major. This one, a blocking rule, and, uh, you know, that that's probably the biggest, the biggest rule difference this year. I think if Boise State can win this first game, it can help get them steamrolling here for the best part of this season. Because you've got New Mexico, UT Martin, UTEP, Look at those three games as very winnable games for Boise State. If you can get this first win on the road, you could be 4-0 when you come home and take on San Diego State. It's a big game on Saturday. It is a big game, and, and you look at, uh, you know, you, you want to get a win if you're looking for 
you know, rankings, if you're looking for a chance at the, you know, New Year's Six Bowl game, getting a win over a Pac-12 team is worth a lot, especially on the road. So, I Rick, I agree with you 100%. I mean, coaches and players won't look ahead, but, you know, fans and broadcasters Yeah, I can't help do. it. <laughs> and, and you'd have to say that the three you mentioned, you know, on paper should, you know, Boise State probably should be the better team. So, you know, this is a huge game. Much like last last year, it, UCF was huge. I think it, you know, it, it did set the tone. It was a tough September. You lost that one. And then, as you mentioned, the one-pointer to, you know, to Oklahoma State. I mean, you don't have to do much to change the outcomes of both of those games last year. And, and you know, a lot of these games are tight. They go down under the wire. So, uh, I agree. Big game. You know, I, I think Oregon State feels that their program is trending up. It's funny. Seven wins last year viewed as a pretty good season. They hadn't won seven games since 2013. Hadn't gone to bowl games since 2013. Right. You know, seven games here is not very good. So uh, I, I do think that, you know, Oregon State may have one of their better teams this year. I don't mean to say that that's Pac-12 championship caliber team, but I think it's one of their better teams. I keep reading that people are expecting a low-scoring game in this, even though traditionally Oregon State-Boise State games have not been low-scoring uh, simply because they believe both teams have a, a great defense and they're not sure about their offense. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess it all depends on what your definite definition of low scoring is. I mean, would you say twenty-eight to twenty-four would be low scoring or not? Not me, no. If it's over no, fifty, I, I, think, I, think, I think the game will be. I think the game will be in the twenties. I mean, that, that would be my guess. I mean, I agree. I think both teams. You know, Boise State's defense only allowed nineteen points a game last year. Yeah, you know, I'd be disappointed if. You know, if Oregon State was, you know, would get into the 30s, you know, obviously the key is you got to have one more point than your opponent. But I, I would think this, I think it's going to be a mid game. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if it was 20, you know, 24, 21, 28, 24. I, I, I'd be surprised if it's a traffic this year. I, I, I would, I would, I would go with that, that I don't think it's going to be 50 to 40 or something like that. Right. In, in along the same lines of talking about how important the game is for Boise State to win, I look, on the other side for Oregon State, they're scheduled just the first four games rolling in. I mean, they they get Boise State at home, but then they got to go to Fresno State, and we know they're going to be pretty good this year. Maybe Montana yeah. State won't be the toughest game in the world, but then you back that up playing at USC or at home against yeah. USC. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a front schedule, tough schedule for Oregon State to start. I think one of the things that makes it interesting is you know, Oregon State's going to play arguably the two best teams in the Mountain West the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. You know, we might be able to eyeball, well, Boise State looked like blah, 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 and, you know, Fresno State, you know, did this, this, and this. You know, we might get a pretty good indication of, you know, how the our league's going to shake out based on a couple of the games against Oregon State. Bob, thanks very much for spending a little bit of time with us this morning. I know you're getting ready to head to Corvallis and get everything rolling. I will talk to you during pregame. Tomorrow. Yeah, you guys are on at, what, 3.30 tomorrow? 3.30, Richie Brockle and I will get rolling, and then at 5.30, it'll be Prater and I for the tailgate show, and I know you and Pete are going to come in and talk to us a little bit during that time, so I'm looking we forward are, to getting we're season going. on at 7.30, and I always have to think twice when I have a game in a different time zone because you got to promote it for your people, but then you got to remember <laughs> for yourself what right. time you need to be over there. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay, buddy. Sounds like you got a handle on it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Go Broncos. All right. Bob Beeler. There he goes. 
We'll come right back. We'll take your calls. I know they're already lining up. 208-336-3700 if you want to talk about the president's speech last night or what Kevin McCarthy had to say about the speech that the president gave last night. There's some upset, folks. We're going to give you a chance to vent a little bit. We'll do that when we come back. KBOI News Time is 847. In Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.53 on News Talk KBOI. Very partisan speech last night from the president. And a little back at you from Kevin McCarthy, Republican speaking. Um, and we're taking your calls on that today, as well as other topics. It's Friday, so we'll we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Football, I'm, I'm good at that. I talk football all day long. I'm even right occasionally when we talk about football. Number to call, 208-336-3700. Rich, thanks for calling us in Boise. Rich, how are you? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Well, last Wednesday, I called in, and I specifically said that if Trump declassified that information like he claimed, and and that was human sources, that could be considered as treason. You immediately responded, and I'll paraphrase. What about Hillary? And uh, it had okay. nothing to do with Hillary. Uh, I mean, you you want to throw all this back at Hillary, but Hillary didn't lie about having the information. You know, she didn't take it illegally anyway. And, I mean, the, the whole situation is completely different. Doug, they went down- dude, I'm sorry, Rich, don't do not do that. Don't defend what? Hillary. It's, it's not defendable. Well, I'm, I'm not, but you're, you're defending Trump by bringing up Hillary. That's what my whole point of this is. No, I'm just, you, you, I'm you, just you, giving you a little turnabout as fair play, Rich. No, no, you didn't, because what I said okay, had Rich, nothing let, to do let's, about Hillary. Let's, let's look at both sides of this, all right? I think you and I would agree that no one is above the law, correct? Just give me yeah. give me this, Doug. Are we saying the same thing? It's, Nobody it's is above the law? You keep calling him Doug. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry, Rich. I, I apologize. We had Doug on earlier, and I just, I'm locked on that. So, Rich, if nobody is above the law, which is something we agree on, that I'm saying, how can one give out classified information online through emails and through another server, and the other has classified material that it hasn't been proven he's given away to anybody, it's just in the wrong spot, maybe he shouldn't have had it. Maybe there's a lot more to it that we don't know. I'm saying, if nobody's above the law, we should look at both of them pretty seriously. And that was the okay, point I was that, trying to get across. Not derp the der, as you said. That, that had absolutely nothing to do with what I said. I said that if he declassified human intelligence, that could be considered treason. You ignored all that, and then you just brought up Hillary, and Hillary had nothing to do with what I said. And and uh, Hillary had been investigated, and they found that she didn't do anything wrong. We, we know that they went there in June. But we know that she did do something wrong. We no, know that what she did was that, wrong. It was also against no, the law. That, that, 
let let me finish. Well, not according to the Department of Justice. No, they said that it wasn't prosecutable. They said they couldn't prosecute her for it. They didn't say that she didn't do anything wrong, Rich. But anyway, let... let, You're defending Hillary Clinton is just crazy. That's all I'm saying. It's the wrong thing to do. No, you're... You're defending Trump by bringing up Hillary, by going, oh, what about Hillary? I didn't say Hillary? he We're didn't do anything there. wrong. I'm saying no, but, no one but is above the defense. law. That was your defense is what about Hillary? Uh, they went there in June with a subpoena to get that information. His lawyer signed a statement that they had turned over all classified evidence, and that was just blatantly true. We know that that was a lie. The situation is entirely different. And Hillary wasn't disseminating. She wasn't putting out that uh, information on her server. No, of course not. She would never. She would never. No, no, it wasn't accessible. No, it it couldn't have been. I mean, nobody could have looked at a private server and picked up that information Nobody well, could some, do that. Some, somebody may have been, but but you're 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 just ignoring all the circumstances about Look, the information. But think, she didn't lie about it. She didn't lie about having it. She didn't stop them from getting it. She didn't ignore some of the subpoenas. That is what Trump has done. Thanks for calling, Rich. Sorry, I got to let you go because we got to take a break. KBOI News Time eight fifty seven. Listen to KBOI online. Go to kboi.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Time is nine oh five. You immediately responded, and I'll paraphrase. What about Hillary? <laughs> and uh, it had okay. nothing to do with Hillary. That's uncanny. That's so great. Oh, oh like, Rich. It's like he's like Rich Little. Oh, Rich. My gosh. Uh, let's see. Instant message from Lynn of Boise. It says there is political animosity in this country. Because neither side is doing anything to solve the problem of widening wealth inequality. I'm not talking about billionaires having all the money. It's easier to divide than that, and I think it shows the source of frustration. Half of the people in this country own 97.2% of the nation's wealth. The other half of the people in this country own 2.8% of the nation's wealth. Although there's more to it than this, imagine if you had a brother close to your same age and you both worked on the yard all day because your dad wants to teach you that hard work is how you make money. But at the end of the day, after you both worked hard, you line up to get paid by your dad. He gives you $3, and he gives your brother $97. The Republicans are telling you that this is the Democrats' fault. The Democrats are telling you this is the Republicans' fault. Nobody thinks it's everybody's fault, which is probably much closer to the truth. That's Lynn of Boise. Thanks for that, Lynn. By the way, the number to call in, except for you, Rich, <laughs> 208-336-3700. I'm just prodding the bear is all. Let's go. Bob, thanks for calling us from Caldwell today. How are you, Bob? I'm doing okay. I've got to, I got to, straight, I got to straighten out with that last guy going, okay? <laughs> Basically, it's not treason for a president to, uh, to uh, what do you call it? declassify any document, okay? The guy's full of them. Yes, Hillary was subpoenaed. What did she do? She destroyed 33,000 emails because 
she was subpoenaed. So that's a federal crime in itself that she was never charged for. And, you know, on top of having top-secret documents on, a, on, on an unsecured server, I don't know where this guy gets his news from. Uh, from from the from the land of lollipops, I have no idea, but I always have to straighten things out when I hear somebody p- putting out misinformation like that. Well, I can appreciate because, that. I do a lot of that. But, I mean, yeah. I, I try mean, anyway. Different. You know? I know you didn't like the idea, but, but you know that there's an old thing going on. What the Democrats call the Republicans, they do themselves. Okay, because they can't take the blame for anything. So basically, it's our fault, okay, the economy is bad. It's our fault that we're trying to save our nation, okay, while they're trying to destroy it. And anybody with half a brain, well, then we're talking about, then we're not talking about Democrats. They don't have half a brain. And you're um, saying Republicans do have half a brain? At least, yeah, you know, for the most part. Most of the ones I know anyway, at least but, understand. Bob, here's seems part a, of the problem. Seems, seems a tad Here, insult. Here's, here's part of the problem, all right? <laughs> all Democrats are not dumb. All Republicans no, are, not, not dumb. are not dumb. So let, let's, not, always... let's not start calling names. I mean, that's part of the problem. And I think that's what several people have called no, in and no, said no. today, I, is that I, by, by name-calling and painting with a wide brush... We're not getting anybody together. So Democrats are not dumb. They may not believe the same thing you do, but Bob, that's part of the problem, in my opinion. Do you follow what I'm saying? Dan Bongino says they're not dumb. He goes, they just they just think they can get away with everything. So basically, that's where it's at. We the, we don't have, you know, a particular party doesn't have the free reign of the media. Okay, we don't. We, we if we do something wrong, it's out there forever. Okay, they do something wrong, and, and nothing is ever said. But that's that's the one point. That's why there's so much animosity right now amongst different people. I don't like to be called names. Do you like to be called? No, names? no. That's what I'm saying. It's, are, you, are you? Are you? Being, there, if you vote a certain way, you're a demon. You're a. Uh, you're you're satanic. You're this. You're that. You know. That's no way for a president to talk about his fellow citizens. That's exactly what I'm saying. That. We agree. All, That's all exactly what I'm saying. Trump only called the media, you know, fake news, the enemy of the people. He never once, once said his opponents were ever the enemy of the people. Actually, he never did. Uh, yeah, he did. He tweeted much, it. in fact. He tweeted it. Well, maybe recently, but I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about back when he was president. No, of the I, it was States. it was well, when yeah. he was, it was while he was president. I mean, in he fact, hasn't, he were, hasn't tweeted anything since he hasn't been president. More than that, there were a number of Republicans he said the same thing about because they were running against him. He was primary against him at the time, so well, that's that's not entirely well, correct, Bob. Uh, well, All right. I don't remember. Well, that that that's politics. That's campaigning. That's a different story. Uh, all right. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> says okay. somebody. So it's you know, so it's, it's okay it's, sometimes. It's, there we go. I got you. Hey, Bob. Thanks for the call, man. I'm going to run. I'm going to I'm going to grab other people. But I'm glad you called us. Thank you very much. Yeah. This instant message is not. It just came in. It's it's not um, signed, but it says Rick said not all Democrats are dumb, and not all Republicans are dumb. I agree. 
However, the reverse is that some Democrats are dumb and some Republicans are dumb. And the problem is the only ones running for office are the dumb ones on both sides. <laughs> wow, you may yeah. have hit on something there. I may. I may have, uh, I may have made a point. Too bad you didn't sign it. Dang it. Tom, thanks for calling us this morning. How are you today, Tom? Hey. Thank hey. you, guys. I appreciate, I appreciate that you uh, did talk to your last caller and said that, you know, this isn't one party's issue about saying bad things about the other party. Well, you're welcome. Hey, uh, I wanted to say, you know how we could, you know how we could get Trump to talk a lot less? Mm-hmm. Put him under oath. Hillary Clinton was under oath for 11 hours in front of the Congressional Committee. Uh, I would like to see Trump go 11 minutes in front of under oath. He has a tendency... He has a verbal control of about a seven-year-old. Oh, that, that, but wait a minute. He was under oath just, well, two weeks ago, he just but took, he, he only he, he took, only pled the fifth. Yeah, he took the fifth on he every took the fifth. So he, he, does, he does show some control. There you go, the fifth. Well, gee whiz, I thought that only criminals pled the fifth, fifth but... He did say that at one a, point, yeah. Party, yeah, he did, he did make party. that conclusion uh, on stage at one point, that if you if you have to take the fifth, you got to be hiding something. That that was his words. I didn't put those words in his mouth. He did say that. So you're correct about that, Bully Tom. Bully for you guys. I appreciate that. You know, sure. there is a reality out here. Uh, Hillary, they found three classified documents in her emails, three of them. And uh, the kind of top secret stuff, they do not put it on electronics. These papers were top secret. 300 documents. Three documents or three classified emails in Hillary's 300 paper. They're dedicated to paper because you don't go and put this stuff on electronic devices, the kind of stuff that he had in his office. Sure, Tom, I'll only point out though. I mean, your, your, your conclusion there is correct, but let's remember it was, it was on a server that was totally vulnerable to anybody, any foreign power. And as we're aware, there are some foreign powers that are pretty good at hacking servers. So I agree with you. We got yeah. we got had a former president that was backslapping some of our worst enemies and giving the finger to some of our best allies. We've yet to hear a bad word about the butcher in Russia, Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin from Donald Trump, and. Uh, the other day, they said they had a gal that was posing as an heir to the, uh, God dang it. Anyway, to a, a Rothschild. And she was hanging around. She turns out she's a Russian-speaking person. And it's like, you know, Donald Trump, if a pretty skirt goes by, he judges by the size of their breasts about whether they can be trusted with a secret. And uh, <laughs> he, he's worse than a seven-year-old. He's like a hormone teenager when it comes to a pretty girl. Well, you know, I, I, I get that you're not a... Huge fan of Donald Trump, but I appreciate your call today, Tom. Thank you very much. Um, huh. I, I, I'm going to say I, I have a problem with hypocrisy. I don't like it when you read the Bible to me and tell me how I'm supposed to act, but you've had some type of dealings with porn stars. I don't, I don't like that. It's called being a hypocrite. John has written in and says the only thing missing from Joe Biden's speech was the devil's horns on his head. As for President Trump being reelected, who knows? Time will tell. Now, bad optics last night for the president, I will admit. 
the Satanism thing is taking it a bit far. The few people that we've had on today's program that compared Joe Biden to Hitler and Nazism, I'm going to reel that in real quick. But had you seen the entire backdrop, it was red, white, and blue. You just got to see the red was too close to where the present. So on screen, didn't look very good. Let's see. Robin has written in. Robin says, hi, Chris and Rick. Happy Friday to you both. My biggest problem with the speech, which I did not watch, but saw all the clips and pictures this morning, is the fact the two Marines were in the background. That was a bad call. I expected him to say everything that I heard so far, so I am not surprised at all the rhetoric against me. I am not a MAGA Republican. I am just a Republican, and my vote counts too, Mm -hmm. something I am sure a lot of Republicans are thinking as well. He stirred the pot big time. Yes, he did. Have a nice holiday weekend. Yes, he did. Okay, the two Marines in the background, though, I mean, were they just standing one side of the door and the other? Because they they well that's where their post is. Yeah, so. I think I think yeah they're they're generally posted at there in front of the uh, the building in, in Philadelphia mm-hmm. where the declaration was signed and everything. All right, we got to take a break here, but I've got one line open if you want it 208-336-3700. 208-336-3700. We'll be right back. KBOI News Time is nine seventeen. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's 921 on News Talk KBOI. We had Rich on earlier today. Did you hear what he said? Last Wednesday, I called it and I specifically said... Stop! I I feel like that may have been edited. Yeah. Well, I'm not accusing. You know, when you poke the bear, it's the kind of stuff I make Nathaniel do. It's like just loop that, would you? Thanks for the fun today, Rich. Instant message from Joe. He says. I salute KBOI's decision to not carry Biden's 25-minute attack on MAGA folks and their leader, President Trump. It was much more newsworthy for your audience to listen to a repeat of the first hour of the Nate Shellman show, during which he mostly talked about his trip to Seattle for a rock concert. Well done. I get the feeling that was a bit tongue-in-cheek. Might have been. Might have been. I, I'm actually I'm on board with not having aired the president's speech last night. Because it was so partisan. Now, look, when I'm told, and I'm just going to step in my news director position for a moment. And I want you to hear this from my perspective, all right? When we hear that the president is delivering an address to the nation, the first thing I do is I send out to programming, we need to carry the presidential address. And then I looked at what the content was. All right. We don't need to carry that. That's a campaign speech. Why is he doing that as a presidential address to the nation? It wasn't appropriate. You should not be delivering that in prime time in such a partisan way. Wasn't presidential. Kevin is in Caldwell. Thanks for calling us today. Kevin, how are you today? Uh, dirt to dirt. <laughs> oh, man. I am, 
I'll tell you, nothing goes better with coffee than laughter with Rich. I'll Man, tell you, he's, thank he's, you. He's really entertaining, and, and I and I am still chuckling. It's fun. It was uh, fun. Thank you for the thanks for the entertainment and the laughs. You're Rich. welcome. Happy Friday, um, Kevin. Yeah, I'm proud of you guys too. You just nailed it, Rick. I was going to say that before I would call in about this other thing. When I went to look for that that speed that it, national address last night, it wasn't carried anywhere. And therefore, I knew, and then they made that decision long ago. So this this speech was written and distributed long ago, and the networks chose not to cover it. I knew something was wrong. But I did listen to it anyway and not impressed. But what I did want to call about was all these people, we got a back and forth, an argument going that, well, Hillary did it, Trump did it, Hillary did it, Trump did it. Well, I'll tell you something. There's a little piece of history we're forgetting. Sandy Berger, 2005 went into the National Archives, stole top-secret information out, smuggled it out in his underwear, self-admitted, cut it up with scissors and destroyed it. The maximum penalty is 10 years in prison. The minimum penalty was $100,000 fine, one year in prison. He got nothing. So I come back to this with this double standard thing. Here we have an exact case, went to court, he pled, and this is what we got. And meanwhile... You know, you can't keep treating the two sides so differently. You just can't. I mean, we're getting more polarized. Just listen to your callers. It's awful. Yeah. I mean, this is going from bad to worse, and it's because the government has taken sides, and they've got to stop this. They have got to stop. It's a shame. But Sandy Berger, 2005, got a slap on the wrist for cutting up national. And those documents, by the way, they were very, very uh damaging to his boss he was the head of national security for bill clinton and national security and uh they were very damaging to him regarding 9-11 to these day to this day we don't know what was in those documents there was mm. something very well, damaging to the actually, president and he got rid of them actually we do he just stole copies of one that still exists what were they uh let's see what i don't recall I, I don't remember they were uh Copies of a, a report commissioned from Richard Clark covering internal assessments of the Clinton administration's handling of the unsuccessful 2000 millennium attack plot. Uh, an associate of Berger said that Berger uh, took one copy in September 2003 and four copies in October 2003. And like you said, by stuffing the documents into his socks and pants for some reason. <laughs> but... Uh, um, it, uh, Chris, it, thank you. You're right. You're but, right. But yeah, it, I remember it, that now. You're but it, but yeah, it's, it's, it still does. It still does exist. So I, I don't know why he thought but getting rid of copies was going to you know get rid of the the whole report. I'm not completely sure about that at all. It's kind of stupid. Uh, he's not the he's not the smartest guy. But thanks, Chris. I appreciate sure. you correcting me. But you know what? There you go. The double standard. It's got to stop. Well, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't really thanks, correcting guys. you. You pretty much had most of it. Right? Yeah, you had it. Yeah, you're doing all right, Kevin. Hey, thank you very much. And again, happy Friday. Yeah. Appreciate you calling today. Number to call, 208-336-3700. What was the name of the woman that called earlier that was talking about the Great Awakening? Who was it that called earlier today? Do you remember? Yeah, she said that if we didn't open our eyes and we were clowns, so I I wanted to look up what exactly it was she was talking about, the, the Great Awakening that's coming. I don't think that's QAnon speak where they were talking about the storm that's coming. I don't, I don't think it's the same, but I didn't know exactly. She was talking about a great awakening and there was a, a great awakening in the United States, a period of history 
17th, 18th centuries, you know. Well, maybe we can examine that. Well, generally, uh, something is called a Great Awakening and has been through history if a particular country does sort of a, a 180 and one one particular religion takes over. Gotcha. Like, or they become religious where they weren't religious, something like that. Nice. It's called the Great Awakening. Mm-hmm. In the case, it's not always what you'd call necessarily a positive thing, or depending on your point of view. Sure. Like, for instance, Iran had a Great Awakening in the late 70s. They deposed the Shah, and they uh, brought in Ayatollah Khomeini, who then made it uh, a very strict Muslim country, which it had not been before. Right. I mean, it, it had a long time before that, but in the, in the times of the Shahs and whatnot, it was uh, considerably more like just like, like European countries are, even though it's in Asia. John, I see you're on hold. Hang on. We're going to take a break. We're going to take care of news, and you'll be up first. KBOI News Time, 927. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk on KBOI. 9.35 now on News Talk KBOI. And Rick Worthington filling in for Mike Casper today. Mike will be back on Tuesday. We're all off on Monday around here. Chris Walton is here with me. John, I told you I would get you straight away when we came back from news. So, John, you're up. Thanks for calling us from Napa today. John, how are you? Yeah, hi, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I noticed a few things getting kicked around a little bit in the, in the news, like, you know, who's who's at fault. And I'd written in earlier saying that the, the the problems that we're having in our society are 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 the Republicans are not the solution, but the Democrats are definitely the causation of them. And I don't know what the solution is except for uh, people need to get off their power their power horse and do something for what they were elected to do, and that's to serve the American people. And it's getting on the Democrat side. It's getting worse and worse. They're not stupid. They're, this is all done intentional. And last night's um, optics was—I I wasn't really all that shocked. I, they're just coming out and saying it now. They're—they're—they're. They're, they're, hey, we're evil and we're here to stay. And I'm not calling the names. I'm not telling, trying to demonize them. They—they are demonizing themselves. They're—they're they're showing themselves to be evil by doing evil deeds. Not because I just don't like them. And you said you would pull back on the uh, Hitler and the Nazi con- people throwing those words around. Yeah, I'd reel well, that in. You, gotta, you, you now got to go over to the Washington Post because they just called the 87,000 uh, IRS agents with weapons uh, the Gestapo. And that's their words, not mine. The Washington so Post? Getting the Washington Post. Hmm. That was their words. So this is. Gee, why would the, uh, I mean, we, why would a newspaper owned by the richest man in the world be concerned about the IRS getting more people? Well, I don't know shocker, why. Huh? Uh, well, only the people making less than four hundred thousand dollars are going to be accosted by these people, the IRS, because that's where the money is. You but know what else the Washington down. Post showed today in the newspaper? Washington Post put this out. I didn't know this. Former President Donald Trump said he would issue full pardons and a government apology to rioters who stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. He said full pardons with an apology to those folks. Yeah, because they were set up to do that by Antifa. That is the craziest garbage I've ever heard, and I'm not putting up with it. Goodbye. (laughs) Wayne. 
has written in. Wayne says, I did not listen to Joe last night from the previous or from the previews that were given. It was partisan campaign speech intended to rally his troops, scare the heck out of the ignorant, and demonize those who practice some discretion. I read several articles this morning to catch up, and here's what I think. One, it was a campaign speech, and he used his office for very partisan purposes. Two, I will take his concerns about election interference seriously as soon as he and his party recognize that harmful and illegal things that his party and their candidate did in the 2016 election. Remember, the uh, Clinton campaign manager is on record under oath testifying that the Clinton campaign directed and approved the dissemination of false material that they created. Three, I will listen to the president seriously when he and his party recognize the damage that they purposely did to the country as they obstructed a duly elected president in Congress trying to prosecute him on the same false information noted above. Four, I don't think January 6th was a major challenge to the USA. To be crass, it was largely beer buddies with too much time on their hands. Beer buddies that should be prosecuted, but not a serious threat. No more serious than the protesters in many cities that attacked and tried to destroy federal facilities. Yet many of those were praised and financially supported by politicians in the Democrat Party. Five, if January 6th was an insurrection, then what was the chop zone in Seattle? In that case, those people said that it was an autonomous zone and out of control of elected authorities. Once again, people supported and encouraged by the Democrats. Once again, a bunch of beer buddies, more likely potheads. Six, this is an attempt by the administration to keep people from looking at the record that they and the Democrat Congress have created Inflation, energy, and security were still in a COVID emergency. More deaths from COVID than under the previous president. A less secure world, actually that part's not true. A less secure world, billions of dollars spent on climate change that if it does anything may affect temp growth by less than 0.001 degrees Celsius. A southern border that is controlled by drug cartels and is allowed to traffic people. These are the accomplishments of the Biden administration and the Democrat Congress. I can understand why he talked about something that happened over a year ago. On January 6th, there is an argument that Trump was a danger to the USA, an argument that is being developed using a hyper-partisan sideshow in the House, a sideshow that will have no consequence because it is not an investigation. Those on the panel, we handpicked in a partisan manner. There is no cross-examination, or is there any evidence allowed to be presented of differing viewpoints? It's a made-for-TV show that is being used to create a narrative and to keep the eyes of the public off of State of the Union. Mm, That's possible. That's from Wayne. Thank you for that, Wayne. Lee in Napa. Thanks for calling, Lee. How are you today? I'm doing good. Hey, I just want to clarify a little bit on what... uh, um, you said earlier a lady had called in, and I had I just started listening for about a half hour. Oh, are we ago, talking about the the Great Awakening that she had mentioned? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, you know, there's a thing going around, and I've heard it before because uh, um, I have to go to school and I study economics, and one of the things that people talk about is you know the world economy. And there's actually, um, I think there's a book out there too. It was written by uh, one of the. Um, popular co- you know hosts on radio or something but there's also uh what was called the great reset which is actually was created in uh 2020 during the pandemic 
um, by the, I don't know his name, I don't know if I can pronounce his last name, but he's the president of the World Economic Forum. And basically his whole idea was is that we, you know, it's, it's uh, if you listen and actually read some of the, the documents that they've put out through that, is it sounds kind of like a totalitarian type world government where everybody needs to come together. We need to have one world economic on it, you know, it sounds like those things that you hear that you hear and read about in future, you know, sci-fi books and movies and things like that, where everything's in a one-world government and, and so forth. But you know, uh, one of the, the reason I primarily called is that you know, with Biden, um, and I've noticed it recently a lot with um, particularly the left and with the elections, general election coming up, is that. Um, a lot of these political leaders that are that are not up for re-election are really pushing it and you know attacking conservatives and the people who do not see their way. And that doesn't necessarily mean Republicans. I mean Trump has been the pri- the focus for ever since he got out of office, even when he was was in office. Is this because he's a businessman? He thinks of you know economics and and business side of things. And that's something that, that they're ignoring, and that's something we're struggling with. I mean, inflation, um, you know, uh, the, pandem- the post-pandemic recovery, uh, you know, supply chain holdups from China and, and Europe, you know, those types of things. And what I really think see this as a smoke screen to, you know, cover and kind of cover up what is exa- what's going on because they really don't have an answer, you know, raising raising. Putting more money isn't going to fix it. It's actually sure. going to make it worse. Sure. You know, we're actually, you don't want to recognize it, but, you know, if you look at what the economic numbers show now in the stock market as a prime example, I think, uh, is it Nick, the guy that comes in in the morning and talks about the stock market? Yeah. Um, I've heard him quite a few times, you know, last couple mornings when I've listened, say it's a, it's a roller coaster. It's up 150 points, and then it's in the negative 150 points, and then it ends up being, you know, maybe positive point, 0.3%. You know, it's time to recognize that we are actually in currently in a recession, whether, you know, we want to recognize it or not. So um, that's my two cents. Lee, thank you very much. By the way, the Dow is up uh, almost 300 points right now, 0.9% if we're looking at it. That's Lee, news. thank you very much for the call today. We appreciate it. You take care. Have a nice weekend. Um this, there's an instant message here. It's not signed. It says, back when men had, okay, I'm going to have to paraphrase. Back <laughs> back when men had, I'll say cojones, the words Biden spoke last night would have ignited a civil war. Now we just sit back and listen like sheep. So I guess the. Uh, not all of us. I guess the moral of this uh, is that uh, if you have courage when people say something you don't agree with, you will shoot them. Well, I certainly did not like how partisan a presidential address was last night. I didn't like it. I didn't like how that was. It should not have been a presidential address. This one is... The president should not say, I need primetime coverage from all the networks to get out this really important message and then have it be so partisan. Uh, yeah, because nobody ever did that before, did they? Uh, Boise Rabble Grouser wrote in and says, last night, Biden declared war on fascism as a threat to our democracy. 
and MAGA Republicans took it as a personal attack. He might have made a point, as a fascist would continue to call for the results to be overturned and for Trump to be reinstated as president two years after losing the election. This week, Trump did just that. A fascist would plan and encourage a storming of the Capitol to overturn an election. Trump and his MAGA supporters did that. A fascist would think that sensitive security documents belong to him, not the U.S. government. Trump has done that. A fascist would link up behind closed doors with other fascists, such as Vladimir Putin. Trump has done that. Yes, President Biden may have made a well-substantiated point. And again, that's from Boise Rabble Grouser, probably uh, not to be confused with Rabble Rouser. Gotcha. Who also writes in. You're flush with instant messages this morning? Actually, there are lots of them, yeah. Let's get to them. Dave says uh, Nazism is a real thing. They existed and most likely still do, like or not. What is happening in this country when my history and everything I have learned my whole life is now suddenly taboo and can't even be mentioned? This is ridiculous. When we are trying to point out the obvious, and Rick makes it about personal vendettas, I hate one-sided conversations. Even if I don't agree with the other perspectives, I still want to hear them, and I am adult enough to form my own opinion on what I hear and see. Let's see. Mm, all right. I'm, I'm going to listen to that. Still think that when you compare Joe Biden to Adolf Hitler and or a Nazi regime, you are mistaken. And I think you know, I, I said very simply, I got to reel that in. Jan wrote in to say, Jan in Boise. Hi, Chris and Rick. Uh, help me understand Trump's speeches calling Democrats names and spewing stories not so true. Why is Biden getting so much crap? Do people think that our election was corrupt? Honestly, courts and judges said no. Did the state find enough votes to swing that state to Trump? Taped phone conversation of Trump. That's Jan from Boise. Thank you, Jan. Jan. Short break here. We'll come back, read some more of those messages. And I got one other thing that I need to take care of before we get out of today's program, because tomorrow is the opener for Boise State football. And there is one voice that you will not hear involved with Bronco football this year. And we have to recognize that before the show is over. So we'll do that next. KBOI News Time is 948. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's 9.52, just a couple more minutes left in today's program, but I wanted to give Chris a chance to try and get through the email if we can. I will go as fast as possible. Uh, let's see, John has written in and says... Uh, Chris, the core message in Biden's passionate speech last night was Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans represent extremism that threatens the very foundation of our republic. I believe he is right. He did not attack all Republicans while pleading with MAGA folks to not follow Trump on his journey to hell. Uh, This one signed me again. I was just curious if you got the chance to read my message from a while ago about who is getting all that money from what I call the college bailout. I think it's a good question and would love an answer if anybody had one to offer. Somebody is the beneficiary. I would simply like to know who is actually getting all that money. Are they going to pay it forward and help public schools with the money problems they seem to be having? Does it just vanish into thin air? Who is paying for it? Uh, I believe the government is paying the lenders. I see. And uh, they're they're working out all the details now because it's fairly new. 
Daniel says, hello, Chris. Why do callers spend so much time defending people uh, that couldn't care less about them? If Hillary or Trump is the foremost on your mind during the day, you lead a sad life. Thank you, Daniel. I like perspective. All right. I'm going <laughs> to switch topics here for just a moment okay. because uh, when we have Bronco football tomorrow starting at 3.30, guy that you've been used to hearing that has been synonymous with Bronco football, and the guy that we named our dang building after, Paul Jay will not be a part of Bronco football also, next year. Also, the entire press box at Boise State is named right. after him. Look, that guy has meant a lot to both of our careers, Chris. And he's in the, and Bronco, he's in the Boise State Hall of Fame, too. He uh, did appear on uh, with uh, Johnny and Mike Prater yesterday to say that he would not be returning for Bronco football and that he is, in fact, retiring. Here's a little bit of what he had to say. I, I consider myself, you know, Lou Gehrig here, the luckiest man on the face of the earth to to have been on this ride, you know, basically from junior college, you know, to where uh, Boise State is today, you know, and through the great Big Sky Conference days and, uh, you know, the great rivalries with the Vandals, with Idaho State, you know, and uh, it, it's it's been a hell of a ride. And uh, I feel very, very lucky. Wow. Well, Paul J., I know I've only got a minute, and I can't tell the whole story here, but um, very influential in my career and the time that I spent here at KBOI. Had an opportunity, as did Chris, to spend, you know, a a lot of time with the man mm-hmm. uh, in, in the morning, shared a lot of laughs, learned an awful lot about radio, learned an awful lot about how you should and shouldn't act uh, while you're you know, dealing with some of these things, and a class act the whole way. And so I'm getting an opportunity to step into his shoes a little bit for Bronco game day, uh, and I, I can tell you, I, I'll, I'll fill the seat, but... There is just no way I'm filling those shoes. Uh, and I hold a lot of respect and uh, am really going to miss working with Paul Jay mm-hmm. during Bronco football games. So, in any case, D- uh, 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 ditto on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Paul Jay, going to miss you, man. I uh, hope that you really, really enjoy a much deserved retirement and uh, we'll do the best we can when you're not around. Have a great Labor Day weekend. We'll see you again on Tuesday. KBOI News Time is 926.